Hi, I'm Curtis Herbert. I'm Alice Zhao. And I'm Jelly, a.k.a. Daniel Farrelly. And this is Independence, a show where the three of us talk about our efforts to make a living on the App Store and occasionally talk about our feels. And guess what, you two? Do you have feels? No. Do you have feels? Oh, I no. have feels. No feels. I have feels. And tonight we're going to talk about them. <laughs> oh, hopefully you'll what? share your feels, too. <laughs> so this is kind of a follow-up to the Working Long Hours episode from, what, five or six ago? Oh, yeah. It's, it's been a little while, uh, but enough yeah. that I have follow-up. I guess we're turning into ATP. We have a follow-up section. Uh, no, the entire episode will be follow-up. <laughs> so I realized, you know, Jelly, you were trying to talk me down off the edge from working so much. And I've been doing kind of a lot of self-discovery, self-realization over the past couple months. And I realized something interesting. And that was that a lot of the reason I was working so hard and putting so much into slopes is because thanks to fun childhood feels... I had associated slopes with my own self-worth. I had started to feel like I was my product. And if slopes was doing well, I was a good person. If slopes wasn't doing well, I was a failure. And that was really contributing to the, you know, for, you know, let's be real here, workaholism, uh, that I had been feeling over the past couple of years and never really knew why. Uh, you know, it was easy to assume like, oh, this is what I love to do. Of course I want to work on it all the time. Of course I want to spend weekends on it. But no, it was something a little deeper than that. And I wanted to talk through those feels today, if that's okay with you two. I guess. <laughs> this is like a failure episode it's gonna make me cry no. <laughs> do, do we look like your therapist curtis i think we do was this not part of the job description i think it is i don't remember getting paid for your therapy sessions curtis. <laughs> i hooked you in for free no look honestly i think this is something that is a struggle for most indies regardless of how you feel about your childhood i like yeah. the fact that you've or not even indies something. i think entrepreneurs in general yeah. like this is a really easy trap to fall into and that's why i wanted to talk yes. this through yeah absolutely so i i assume from the absolutely this is something that you two might have felt yeah i mean i think it's really difficult to not feel like you're the product because you created it you didn't yeah. you know you weren't hired to do it you thought of something from scratch and you just said let's let's go for it and I feel like this became more and more evident lately as I am job hunting and suddenly having to write a resume. You're like, well, shoot, I have to prove to someone else my worth. And having worked on this for about six years, what, 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 what am I worth to someone else? Right? Like it's a little soul crushing to be like, Oh, I have to sell myself to someone. And, and how am I not this product? Like if I'm not like, how do I present all my, success or failures at Gus on the go and not feel like they're going to judge me on that. And I think that's like, that was a really big struggle as I, you know, started the process of looking for a job and writing the resume. And so, yeah, it's, I don't know if we can not be the product, but that's what we're trying to figure out. Right. <laughs> I mean, I think you can be not the product. Like I think there, I think there is the ability to so. have that separation. There. I know, Otherwise yeah. we're all screwed. <laughs> But I like it is hard, and I yeah. felt that I've felt that so many times over the course of my career because part of creating the stuff, and I've said this before, like the stuff that I create is an expression of myself. Like I put myself mm -hmm. into that product. I put so much time into it. I put so much thought into it. I make so many decisions about it. It is part of something that I have created, and it's something that is like it's it is an expression of like who I am and. 
if somebody else created a similar app to what I've got, like if somebody else decided to create GIF wrapped, it would be different. It would be totally different because of those two things. Uh, like the decisions that they make are not going to be the decisions that I make. And so, yeah, it it's really easy to get wrapped up in that. And it amplifies any of the feelings that you have that come from that product. So like Curtis was saying before, the bad feedback, like if you get negative feedback, that's going to like just crush you because it's suddenly like it's something that you've kind of put all this work into, all this thought, all this effort and uh, and love really into and people are stomping all over it freaking jerks like it's just <laughs> it's like it it's rough and it's hard to yeah. separate yourself from that when you've put so much of your own self into that product yeah i think it's especially dangerous for us indies because when you have a job job you know you might identify with that you know you might be passionate about the fact that you are a nurse or a vet tech yeah. or uh your police or something like that and yeah. your identity will certainly be tied to that um but i think there's also a lot of people out there where their job is just their job yeah. and you could take the same approach with your apps you know if i just wanted to make an app to make money i wouldn't be doing something that's also snowboarding my passion so it's kind of double painful in that way right but as indies like a lot of us i think there are, there will certainly be exceptions but a lot of us i think do define you know, our passions are what we are, like you're saying, Jolly, an extension of us as our apps. And they're not just job jobs that we check in at nine and check out at five and that's it. And if we get negative feedback, whatever, that's just bugs to work off. And, you know, it doesn't reflect poorly on us. This is something that we usually get into as indies because we're so passionate about it, because we want to make a go at doing something we love. Uh, and that comes with the danger that, you know, that ties our identities into it. I feel like with Gus, it's even more so because I created specifically for my children. So I mm, feel like yeah. if I can't finish this third product, I feel like I can't get my kids to the next level of uh, proficiency in Cantonese or something like that. But yeah, like I, I, all three of us, I think, have created something that's very personal. And if it's not something we just use personally, it's something we just deeply care about. So I'm curious... You know, it sounds like all three of us definitely have this issue. And like we said, it's an issue that I think, you know, entrepreneurs and indies and a bunch of people can fall trapped to. It's an easy trap to start to feel like you are your product um, and anything reflected on your product is on you. But why do you think that is personally the case for you two? Uh, you know, so for me, I think it's a lot of, you know, during my childhood wasn't always the most fun as most nerds. So I started to work hard and excel at computers and I started to place value on my output in that arena versus me personally as a person. Uh, I was able to, you know, escape the negative spotlight by just, hey, look, I make awesome programs, awesome websites and just kind of built off of that. And I think that's a lot of where my computer hobby passion came from. And now that passion became my job. So that that's a really dangerous kind of combination there to create this feel of you are your product uh, when it slowly takes when that product takes over more and more of your life and isn't just a hobby anymore, but rather what you're doing full time. And I think that unchecked is where things got pretty dangerous for me until I kind of realized what was going on and have worked on that a little bit. But I'm really curious what if it's not going too deep in the feels for you, where this is kind of sprung from for the two of you. Look, I, th I think it comes from at probably a couple of places for me. I think one of them, and probably the worst one, is from customers, from clients, from people that aren't that actually have access to my app. 
a lot of the time, the stuff that happens, when stuff happens, it's tied back to me. They have to blame somebody. Mm-hmm. And the emails and stuff that you get will be like, you did this, you did that. Mm-hmm. Or some, sometimes it's like, your app did this, your app did that. But like it becomes, once you get enough of those, they get so intermingled that it all becomes one big thing of like, you did this, you are you were the person responsible for this heartache that I'm going through, uh, which is really hard to take. And it also sort of reiterates that feeling of like, I am the product that I've created. Like as far as anybody else is concerned, as far as they see, I am the product. Yeah, that's that's interesting because that's something I've tried to cultivate in my app where, you know, my first launch screen is like, hey, this is made by an independent independent app developer. So yeah. my emails are, hi, Curtis. Yeah. And yeah, it's, yeah. yeah, that certainly reinforces it. Yeah. Um, and and this, that can be a good thing. Like, as you've talked about, I think, before, at least to me, you've talked about before yeah. about it's how like brand. that has, it's part of the <laughs> yeah. thing of like, I'm an indie and people want to help support you. Yeah. But when things go wrong, it has the same effect. They see not Slopes versus Curtis or Slopes, the company, and Curtis is just like this bloke that's inside of it or whatever. Every copy of Slopes literally has a copy of Curtis inside of it on a little journal. Yeah, just a little little Curtis, little mini Curtis that runs around yeah. going, oh, I'm just going to put this into your database. You're that guy from MySpace. <laughs> He's everybody's friend. <laughs> Tom is in everybody else. <laughs> so the other, thing, the other thing that I think it comes from is just is the thing that I said before, which is that when I make decisions, when I pour the stuff that, like I pour myself into the app that I create, I create illustrations for it, I design things, I write code, I make little jokes in the code, I write the release notes, and that's all of me. That's me writing things just the way that I would naturally write things. It's all me. It's all going in there, and it's all things that I'm doing, making decisions, being creative in. And the creativity, my creativity goes into that app. I'm pouring myself literally into the product that I'm creating, so it makes sense that I would then tie myself to it, even though, even though they are somewhat separate. I think you can be separate creatively, but that pouring of yourself into the product that you make is definitely an aspect. That's part of where I think it comes from for me. And I think the closer you are to your product, the closer that you are to owning your product, it's it's harder to separate. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that that sounds super familiar. And sometimes you feel like, oh, if I just work more hours, I'll make more money. Like, I just have to put in more time. Yep. So, yep. It, it just feels like all that's tied to, like, if I just wrote 20 more emails and, and like, contacted all these people, we would just be there, and and it, which is not always the case. But so it's, it's it almost, like, because you are the only one. Well, I have Yano. But he doesn't do anything. He does nothing. <laughs> he only writes code. <laughs> Gosh. Why he does anything <laughs> worthwhile? Why do I keep him around? <laughs> wow. We're sorry, Yano. Yeah. Cut that, if you cut want that. a better partner, uh, the address is me at curtisherbert.com. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you see it as like the, the more you do, the more success you might have. And I think that's where I, I sit with like me being tied to the product. It's like if I just worked harder, um, and then sometimes you run out, of, run out of ideas and I'm like, I don't know where else to send emails to. Yeah. And so yeah. it just comes naturally, I think, when you're doing all, all the jobs, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's like it's tied to you in a way that like when you're doing good, you're putting more effort in and you can see that like you can see the quality that comes out of yeah. that like when you're doing when like when you're 
when you're up, so to speak, you you're mm-hmm. doing better, and so you see the quality go in. And then when you're like having a bad day, you might be still be working, but it's just not like eh, it just doesn't feel right. And it's right, not right. producing the same quality, and so it feels like you see more of that. And it's not it's not something that you like will sit there during the day and go, yes. My self worth has improved by three percent because of how much effort I've put into. It. Like you don't, like you don't see it. It's just a, it's a natural feedback loop that you get of like yeah. you're yeah. putting stuff in, you're seeing stuff come out, and it's just kind of like making you feel better. And so that you see that sort of continue on, which is it. That's that's a difficult situation for anybody to be in. Well, I think it's especially worse for me because you know that feedback loop. I get that feedback loop for four months of the year. And the rest of the time, I'm just pouring everything into it, sight unseen, any results, just hoping and praying that the next winter season, I see the fruits of that labor. And that's something that I've been lucky so far that every season has been, you know, like 2.5x the previous season. So like I'm on the right path. But part of why I'm working to correct this, you are your product feel is I'm sure I'm going to have a season that's not going to go well. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's got to happen. And I need to be ready for that. Otherwise, I'm not going to weather that storm well. So that feedback loop can be, you know, addictive. It it can be something that, you know, it's, oh, your product is doing well, so you feel better about yourself. But that can backfire pretty quickly. And and it can can also drive that that negative feeling like it just because it's a feedback loop doesn't mean it's all positivity and and rainbows like that's what happens when you get like you start getting negative feedback and that starts to feedback as well and so you start to feel bad about your product so you're putting less time into it or you're just not putting your all into it and then you keep getting that and you keep like it just keeps happening and the thing that you're saying about like how you've only got it for a part of the year i don't feel like you're alone in that it's not that everybody else has like the seasonal type app that you have, but there's certainly the aspect of like, you know, the the long time for release cycles. Like if you mm, leave yeah. your release for too long, it can start to pile up. And as you yeah. get kind of closer, you're kind of like feeling that sort of lack of energy to kind of make it to the finish line. And it's just getting harder because you're just not getting the, like the feedback that you want and stuff. And you might be seeing like the negative stuff for coming from like bug fixes that you haven't put out yet or whatever. And that starts to like, that starts to pile up. Yeah. I I forgot that like you're, you're basically like completely on or completely off, right. For your season. And, and, and Gus on the go has our seasons too, like during, during basically beginning of school and then January, the the two semesters, mm-hmm. those seem to be like our ups, and then like immediately after that is our down. So we're, I'm almost used to this roller coaster, so I I don't feel that drastic dip as you do. So it, I can I can see how it's really hard to like near the end where you have your season hasn't started yet, but you're putting in all this work to like where's that momentum going to come and is it going to come right? Yeah, and a lot of self doubt too, worrying of you know I'm putting all this work into it and. Is this going to move the needle for this season or not? Mm -hmm. Because if that needle is tied to your self-worth, you kind of feel that internally. It's not just like, well, I I guess it's triply as bad because it's not just, you know, is your product succeeding? Are you succeeding? But then also if you're making changes from a revenue standpoint and trying to improve that, because that ultimately is your quote unquote success for a lot of people, Um, at least if you're trying to make a living off your app. You know, if you fail, you're failing in three ways and all of a sudden you're eating the terrible ramen noodles instead of those good ones that Alice has. (laughs) I had a lot of that in LA. (laughs) (laughs) So, Jelly, you were kind of touching on this, but I'm curious, 
if your self-worth is tied to your product, that can be pretty dangerous when you get into feedback loops. What issues has this you are your product feel caused for you to personally? I mean, there's a couple of instances I can immediately think of. One of which is the most recent episode that I put together of, of this show, which was failure. The fact that my app has like been struggling a little bit, it is amplified. My app is not doing well, so therefore like I'm clearly not doing the right thing. I'm clearly failing in some way. It's not mm-hmm. a failure of just of the app, it's a failure of me. And we talked about on that on that episode how it's like it's a personal failure. Like it's yeah. it feels personal as well as feeling professional. It's not just a business thing. It's a, it's 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 both. The other thing is something that you've already kind of alluded to uh, and something that I've talked about on a previous episode. A while back, there was the situation that I got myself into where I put out a bug that deleted people's stuff. And I started getting responses to that. And you both know how this story goes. Yeah. As I kept getting more feedback uh, about this thing and kept reading stuff, I felt really, really crappy. And I started to get depressed because I felt like I had failed people and I felt like I had just, like, just ruined people's experience with the app and it wasn't on the app it was on me because i had like i was tied to this thing because i had built it and i had created it and it was my thing it was basically as if i had gone to their phone taken it from them deleted all their crap and then like handed it back and been like you're welcome pal like it's just (laughs) that's that's how it felt like it was it felt I, i might as well have done that and so all those responses started to feedback to me that I was not doing a very good job and I started to feel like I was not doing a very good job and it was really difficult to take myself out of that and it was something that I had I had to I struggled a lot with and I had to put stuff into place like we talked about it on an episode I think the angriest customer maybe uh where we were talking about like you know how to deal with that and I and you were struggling with something similar at the time and I said like you just you just have to stop. You just have to let it go for a minute. Take a couple of days off from answering those emails. Don't look at them. Just figure out a way to like to separate yourself from that kind of feedback so that you can kind of start to build your self-worth up again and kind of get get back to where you need to be to be able to create the things that you want to create. So yeah, for it, I shipped the watch bug in uh, March. Uh, more so, watchOS has a terrible thing with its file transfer that's not always reliable. And it's like a one in a thousand chance that like your data doesn't make it over there, at least from what I'm seeing from customers. And so like I started getting emails, um, people pissed that basically their recording for their day was gone, which for me, data loss is the, yep, nope, not going to ship that kind of stuff. That's the thing. Again, I take it as a personal failure, same as you, Jelly. And yeah, the problem was though, I, so I took your advice of, you know, give yourself a day or two, you know, step away from the email and focus on the bug in yourself. And uh, I took like a week and a half or so away from customer email. Oops. But I needed it and I, it helped me get through it. But I still, I've noticed throughout the summer that after that experience, I'm still very reluctant to check customer support email anymore. Like it's going to have an effect. Yeah. A lasting effect. There is no thing where, like, you can completely turn yourself off, I think. When you're tied to your product like that, it's it's really hard to, like, you don't want to have to go in and do, like, deal with angry people who just want to blame you for things. Like, it's not something that you want to do. The only thing that you can do is to, like, find the ways to separate yourself, I think. <laughs> Thinking back to the angriest customer, 
uh, episode, it just made me think of the one where he was like, you need to self-criticize. And I, you know, I, at first I was just trying to laugh it off. But then I'm like, oh, do I really need to self-criticize? <laughs> so it was, it's very hard to uh, separate yourself when some, and like, I think because this guy had like some tech lingo in there, like he felt like he was more of an authority on like how I should have created this product. So it felt even more personal that he was like, you need to look at your own tech and figure this out. So that time I did my best to laugh it off. And then eventually we had to respond. But yeah, like I don't know. I don't think it's easy to laugh off like, you know, data loss. That is that's a real thing. <laughs> but uh, that was that seemed to be the only thing that worked for that particular instance. One other interesting thing I've kind of realized over the past couple of months um, so uh, just in case from previous episodes people hadn't heard, um, I ran an iOS conference in Philadelphia for three years, Kokolov, and it was you know reasonably regarded as successful. It's usually about 120 people, great time, long weekend. And I cited the reason for me ending it. Uh, I mean, A, running a conference is a lot of work, even with the multiple volunteers I had, like, it's just a lot of work. But I cited the financial stress because, you know, you're managing a budget of $50,000, so if you're not selling enough tickets, you have to have the awkward conversation with yourself or your partner to be like, hey, what happens if we're short $15,000? Where's that going to come from? And I think in retrospect, it wasn't just the budget management, but it was also that process of not instantly succeeding. Like Coco Love never sold out right away or anything like that. We always packed the house, but it was always a very long drip of sales. Um, yeah over the summer into the fall when the conference itself was in October. And it was a lot of banging doors, sending emails, you know, doing what I could to market it and get it out there, but it never was an instant sellout type of thing. So it wasn't a failure, but it didn't feel like a success story in the summer. You know, it felt like a lot of work to get attention. And I kind of realized that it was not just the budget aspect and the losing money aspect, but it was also the why is this not just selling out? Why isn't this a runaway success that was starting to hit me personally? Because that was another thing that was very personal of mine. That conference was a personal reflection of what I thought a conference should be um, and how I wanted to run it and how I wanted the attendees to feel and what I wanted them to take away from it and everything. So the fact that, you know, I would launch ticket sales and they wouldn't just, you know, be 50% the first day. I think had a mental hit on me that I didn't quite understand that I only chalked up to the budget stress. Um, but I think it was two factor there, uh, which was, I don't know, kind of interesting to have that retrospective feels three years, two years later and kind of figure that part of the puzzle out. I could totally see that though, because that is a product, right? Yeah. Your conference was a product. And I think we all want that smashing success or sold out within the first day type of feeling and and in general the three of us haven't even had that in the beginning at least yeah it's the same thing with launching a new product you know you launch an app in the app store and it doesn't get any press the first day or it doesn't get a bunch of downloads or it gets downloads but nobody does the in-app purchase um it's something i think app developers you know we feel a lot slopes launch like that you know it was not a runaway success but at least then it was fortunately a tiny little side hobby i don't know Part of it is like when you create something, you're really proud of it. Yeah. I mean, unless you really don't like the things that you make. I don't I, I don't have that experience. But 
you will be really proud of what you've created, especially at first. Like you'll be like, "Yes, yeah. I created this thing. Look how good it is." And for me, that respond like the my response to that is like, "I want to like I want to share it. I want to get it out there. I want to like tell other people about it because I want to. I want them to experience the thing that I've created because I'm proud of it." And this is a, it's it's that sort of like I want my parents to put like put it on their fridge. Like it's an artwork <laughs> yeah. that I created, and I want I want it to be on the fridge because I'm proud of it. And I want everybody else to be proud of it too. Yeah. The problem with like doing that in the app store and doing that as an independent is that nobody else cares about you. Like, <laughs> it's it's not that like they don't have any feelings about you whatsoever. Like you've got, I'm sure you have friends probably. Yeah. Some. But like the marketplace, I guess, doesn't care about you as a person. They care yeah. about like, are you solving the problem in the way that needs it needs to be solved? Exactly. Right. And so if you put something out and it's just not doing the thing, like it's a, it's not solving a problem that other people have. It could be that it's not like solving it in the way that they want. That's not a reflection on you, really, because like you've created a thing that does the things that you wanted to do. You've put yourself into it. You've you've done like the work, but. It can feel like when other people don't ex- don't appreciate the work that you've put into it, don't appreciate the product that you've created, don't pr- appreciate the artwork that you've stuck up on the fridge, then like it can feel kind of crappy because you wanted other people to be proud of you as much as you wanted to be proud of yourself. Like, and so that can be difficult. It's a hard thing to do, and like it's a hard thing to put yourself out there and to get nothing back. It it'd be like playing a concert, like playing music to an empty room. Mm-hmm. Like it's rough and it's it's difficult to separate yourself from that. I think especially. So, have you two found anything that's worked for you to help that separation, to help reduce that tie that you might have to placing your self worth or anything like that onto your product itself? Yeah, actually, and it all comes back to this dang job hunt. <laughs> um, you know, I was just looking. I, you know, you have to go back and you're like, what? Well, what have I done in 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 this time and actually the last two years when I met Jean McDonald at uh, release notes and she was presenting about app camp for girls I'm like I am all in I will do whatever it takes to help you run this one in Chicago and I realized like that's one of the best things I've ever done it's been like six years that I've I think I was just holed up in my house for six years and this was like the first one of the first things I've done like to get myself out there and actually Mm. see other people you know, put pants on, stuff like that. <laughs> um, so your secret is wear pants? No, don't wear pants. <laughs> Never. I might, fine, i probably put a skirt on or something. But it was just having put myself into something else that wasn't my product uh, or just something outside of it was just so helpful and, and something that was also super positive. I, it took my brain outside of like the Gus on the Go world and, and I was really excited to be a part of some, something so amazing and when it when we were able to fill the camp and run it it was like i felt like i did it the best job in the world <laughs> mm. and so that helped me at least like be like you know i don't just do gus on the go um i really do have all these other things that I'm, besides you know even app camp like i do do a lot of other things that give me my self-worth and i don't necessarily have to prove it to my next employer or whatever but um to me it made me feel a lot better to be more involved in like other things. Mm. Yeah, I feel like that's a pretty good way of doing it. Like it's partially like the removing yourself from the product because you're not really doing that to a large extent. Like you are still working on your product even though you're right, doing right. like other stuff, but you're doing other stuff and you're doing stuff for other people or you could be doing stuff that isn't like something that you have to share. 
there is plenty of self-worth to be found in doing like side projects, like little things that you just want to work on. Just taking some time, just taking some time off. One of the things that I've done recently to a similar effect is like in regards to like the feeling of like I've failed recently. And I talked about this very briefly on the, on the failure episode. I took a client job. Like I basically dropped gift wrapped, dropped some of the other things, the projects that I, the other projects that I was like, I got to get this out. These are like sales products that I need to be able to create. I had to put them aside and work on something that was for somebody else. And the entire reason for that was because like, the worth that I get out of that, that's literally cash. <laughs> I have no, have none of my self-worth tied up in it at all. It's all like I get paid for this. So diversify and sell out. Check. <laughs> <laughs> that's not what I said. <laughs> Sorry. Diversify, wear pants and sell out. Check. <laughs> sell out's just no, the Curtis's part. <laughs> no, I, so I guess what's been working for me over the past couple months is I guess being more self-aware. And realizing what I'm doing and that is just giving me the room to be able to counteract it. Yeah. So, you know, realizing that I've started to tie a lot of my self-worth and I've apparently always been doing that into my output, be it conferences or computers or whatever I'm making, has at least let me combat, you know, when I'm feeling that workaholism kick in, when I'm feeling that urge to like, oh, it's 8 p.m., I should be working on slopes. To at least be able to put on the brakes and to be able to say, hey, wait, I know where this is coming from. I don't actually need to do this. Just calm down and go play some Hollow Knight. Like, just, just <laughs> go do something else. And that's at least being good at helping me avoid the crazy long hours and the potential for burnout. Um, I don't have an answer yet for divorcing the whole self-worth thing. But at least being aware of my systems and how things work in my brain. At least let me identify them and prevent them from making this situation worse. Which I think is a step in the right direction. That's the first step you have to take. Yeah. <laughs> don't make things worse. <laughs> and look, I don't think it's possible to completely divorce yourself from your product. And I don't think it's it's I don't think it's a thing that you want to be attempting yeah. to do. The product that you create, it's always gonna have something of you in it because you've created it. Until the point at which you become like manager of of slopes international and you have a bunch of developers that do all the work. And like managers that do the like do all make all the decisions, and you really are like completely divorced from it, except for the fact that like you know you're getting your monthly stipends or whatever like from from your from your big CEO corporate job <laughs> that you like have a big glass office or whatever. Like until that point, you just like there is no way to separate yourself from it. You're involved in the product, and it's always going to carry some of yourself in it. That's just the nature of like creating things. It's always going to be part of you. And that's not a bad thing, really. Like, it's not really a bad thing until, like, until it starts to hurt. Yeah. And until that start stuff gets starts to get trampled on. And it just means that you need to separate yourself so that you don't, you're not getting hurt by the bad stuff. And you find your joy. You find your enjoyment in the good stuff, in the good stuff mm -hmm. that comes out of that. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you find it in, like, the positive, like, the praise that you get back from customers or the you know the really uh, positive reviews that you get from like websites or whatever or the you know the feature that you get from apple or whatever it is like you can find joy in that stuff sure but like find joy in the stuff that you in like the little things like hey you got a you got a release out this week good work that's <laughs> awesome you managed to get something out the door like you fixed five bugs that's amazing 
Like you, you created something that has like that actually solves a problem that you have and you can get joy out of that. I feel in a way that doesn't necessarily involve anybody else. Like you can mm-hmm. find the joy in it by yourself. And that's where you've got to focus on that, like trying to get that joy. Don't worry about whatever everybody else thinks of the app. Like it doesn't really matter. Like, uh, and I mean, it kind of does because you want to yeah. be able to make money from it, but it doesn't. Like, as far as your self worth is concerned, like you just gotta, you gotta not pay attention to what other people say, and you just gotta be as robotic about that stuff as you possibly can. I feel. Well, thank you too for putting, uh, I guess, letting me sit on your couches once again, your virtual couches. But uh, you know, I'm glad we could talk about this. I think this is something that a lot of listeners probably feel in some way or another too they're either struggling with the fact that their app might not be doing so well so they beat themselves up um or they're in a position where it's doing well but they're worried about what happens when it doesn't do well and they're kind of riding that high now but that inevitable cliff is coming up um so hopefully maybe we gave them a couple ways to avoid that cliff and hopefully me avoid that cliff when it happens um so if you would like to get in touch and send us any feedback uh, you can do so. You can send us an email at hello at independence.fm. If you would like to talk to us uh, individually, you can find us online. We are on the Twitters, and uh, I guess some of us are on Mastodon, too, since people are flocking there. But uh, you can find me on Twitter as at parrots, the plural of the bird. I'm eat a duck, I must. And I am jelly bean soup. Thank you all for listening, and we'll talk to you again in two weeks, or as Jelly likes to call it, a fortnight. (laughs) Good night.